Hey everyone, it's Stephanie from True Crime Anonymous. I just want to tell you about this app called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it is everything you need in a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. True Crime Anonymous may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Everybody and welcome back to True Crime Anonymous. (laughs) Did you like that? I hope not because it was horrible. Hey, anyway, I'm Stephanie. I will be your host tonight, or today, whenever you're listening. If you choose to listen to this after that, whatever. Bad intro. Hey, I'm Stephanie. I'll be your host. This is True Crime Anonymous. I haven't talked to you in a week, but today, you're getting two episodes in one day. I hope you enjoy first thing that I'm going to talk to you about is a case that makes me really mad. Well, the outcome of this case makes me really mad. Like, fumigating mad. Is that that like fumigating mad? That sounds wrong. Whatever. Fuming mad? I don't know. It It just makes me really mad. Okay? Um... And you'll see why. This is the case of Jody Riley. Now, Jody was born in Township, New Jersey, uh, just a regular suburban town. Um, it has like 23,000 people in it. Um, her parents were um, are Stacy Riley and James Riley. James Riley was the mayor, well, in a small town, it's a town, so it's not a mayor, it's like a selectman or a councilman uh, for the town, and so she ha- she grew up in a prominent family, you know, she grew up and had a good life, she was just a great kid and an awesome person, she had a contagious laugh, she was fun and energetic and always there for you, uh, she's just did good in everything that she did. She just was good at everything. And she just had a normal, good life. Nothing funky going on. She was just, it was just a normal, everyday, boring life. You know, she had a boyfriend and unfortunately she, you know, went through kind of a bad breakup and she just had enough. And she just wanted to start fresh. 
pick up and move somewhere completely just out of New Jersey and try something different. And boy did she, because she moved to Oklahoma, Worcester, Oklahoma, and population 1,002. Um, so that's a culture shock. Uh, that's like, you know, going to this little old town in Oklahoma that has a thousand people. Um, Roxbury Township, where she was from, is all, it's like New York City compared to this place. You know, she just wanted something different. She just moved there when she was like 22 years old. You know, after high school, just wanted to do something different. So she did. And she moved there in December. And she meets a new guy. She goes on a few awesome dates. She's really happy. She, you know, finds some friends and just living that normal, real small town life. You know, she she's enjoying it. And she meets this guy, and his name is Donald Lee Bosephus Wilson. Call him Bo for short. <laughs> and this relationship moves really fast. I mean, she goes on a few dates, and like I said, she moved there in December, and by May of the next year, so six months, she, they, I should say, announced that they were getting married and she was also pregnant. So, here we go. Family life. Small town family life is coming up quick. And she loved being a bride. She was just beaming and beautiful. And they had a good wedding, you know. She was just happy. They were happy. Um... Her family came down for the wedding. They were happy for her, uh, but his family didn't seem like they were so happy for her or them for whatever reason, uh, but who knows? Maybe they were jealous. They were that, you know, sometimes mamas get like that, they get a little jealous that some woman is taking their baby boy away. But four months after the wedding, uh, she gives birth to little Annabelle, and Jody falls right into mothering. She is just a natural mom. She loves being a mama. She is just the best mama. Her friends said that she was the best mom, just natural at this. She loved little Annabelle, and she was just really like, this is too good to be true. Her new life was just falling into place. She was in love. She had a beautiful baby. Um, but, as we all know here at True Crime Anonymous, 
that's what it might look like. It might look like everything's okay, but she actually, you know, had confided in her best, you know, to her best friend that she was kind of struggling with her husband's family's opinions about her and the way she was mothering Annabelle. And I get it. Like when you are a new mom, everybody is trying to tell you what to do, how to do it, do it this way, don't do that, do this, you're doing this wrong. You know, it can get frustrating. And from personal experience, I can tell you that sometimes the mother-in-law can get a little nasty um, with her opinions of what is right and wrong and how to parent your child. So she was pretty frustrated about that. Um, and also, her best friend said that a few days before the wedding, they were all at a bar having sort of like a bachelor bachelorette party, just really like lots of her friends in this, can you imagine like a bar in a, in a small town of a thousand people, just, um, so everybody knows everybody, everybody's just partying, drinking in the bar, having a good time, dancing, and all of a sudden, boom, these keys fly across the bar and hit Jody in the back of the head. And she turns around and it was her fiance, Bo. He had thrown keys at her head. And Jody kind of begged her best friend, like, you know, please don't get involved. Um, don't say, please don't say anything. You know, she was just really determined to get married and to make it work. And her best friend, Lisa, that she had said, like, listen, don't get involved to, was really having trouble with keeping that secret. And um, afterwards, like the guilt of what if I had said something? What if I had done something? What if, what if, what if? But you cannot what if yourself to death because if you or I or anyone sits here and goes over the what ifs of your life, of our lives, we'd all be in tears. And, you know, we can, you can't, you can't. So, she was just having a really hard time. Like, what if I had said something? But she said, please don't get involved, don't say anything. And as her best friend, she did not. Um, but anyway, on a Tuesday in May, Jody had made, you know, a round of calls to the family to let them know that she had lost her phone. So she's calling her family from her husband's phone. And so she's like, I lost my phone. We are going away to New Mexico for a funeral. And I'll be back. We'll all be back in a few days. So it was 
her, her husband, the baby, and his parents that were all gonna go to this funeral. So her mom's like, okay, you know, call me, stay in touch. Um, if you can't call me, email me, whatever. So her mom is emailing her and she's getting no response. And the mother calls Jody's husband and he's like, we left Tuesday night instead of Thursday, but Jody didn't come with us. And I have the baby, you know, she stayed behind for work. Now this baby was only three and a half months old. Would you leave your three and a half month old baby uh, behind for however long? I, I don't think I could. No, no. Um, so the mom, the mother, Joey's mom knows like, no, she would never, never leave her. And, you know, why? So she's getting like all these whys in her head and she just doesn't, something doesn't feel right. And so the son-in-law of, so, Jody's husband, sorry. Jody's husband was like, listen, I'm, you know, at this point they're on, he's, he's on his way back from the funeral and he's like, I'll let you know what's going on. Cause he's talking to Jody's mom again. I'll let you know what's going on. We're on our way back. Um, I'll call you as soon as I know something. And so they get home the dogs weren't fed there was a box outside of the por on the porch soaked from the rain just you know no one had brought it inside obviously and inside that box was actually a gift from Joey's mom it was a mother's necklace for Mother's Day because Mother's Day was that Sunday, I believe. And, you know, so they get inside and Jody's not there. The Bo files a missing person report with his parents and calls Joey's mom. He's like, I can't find her. I filed a missing missing persons report. She's like, what the frig, man? I knew something was up. Uh, something was wrong. Mother's intuition, you know? She was just like, this isn't right. I knew something wasn't right. And Jody's parents immediately fly from New Jersey out to Oklahoma. And... <clears throat> Sunday night, her parents meet Bo at the police station when they get there. They go right to the police station. And they're like, what is going on? Now, 
pretty much right away in the meantime a paraglider just a random person is paragliding over the mountains in Oklahoma I didn't even know Oklahoma had mountains uh, <laughs> that probably sounds so dumb but when I think of Oklahoma I think flat but whatever that's besides the point of how stupid Stephanie is <laughs> okay <laughs> so the paraglider has you know bird's eye view obviously and he's just having a good time taking in the view of the mountains of Oklahoma and sees something down below and it looks like a body so he's like oh shit when he gets down to the bottom he calls the police police come and investigate and indeed it is a body wrapped in trash bags dumped in the woods they take you know they process the crime scene, take the body, and dental records confirmed that it indeed was Jody. It was, at, well, it was ID'd as Jody. You could tell it was her. Her parents were already in town, so they, they ID'd her, but dental records did confirm that it was her. And this was actually Mother's Day that they found out that their daughter uh, was, was gone. And that's that is horrifying. Uh, I couldn't, I can't imagine. I think I say that a lot on this podcast. I just can't, I can't imagine. I need to like make merch that says like, I can't <laughs> because I just can't, I can't imagine this finding. I mean, her body was in such an, an advanced state of decomp that it, it really made it difficult to de determine the cause of death. I mean, they just really couldn't tell. She was in trash bags. There were drag marks made. Um, you know, so it was just a really suspicious death. So the detective on the case is a guy named Abbott Koloff and he, you know, interviewed the family, the husband relentlessly. He was really, really, you know, pressing with the husband and his family and this whole story about you know you go you were supposed to leave on Thursday why did you leave on Tuesday right away um, but there was no evidence that you know they didn't even have her car for a while they find out that Jody was feeling homesick and she was planning to just take a trip back home with the baby. Just a trip, not like move back or anything, just to visit 
her parents and so they could spend some time with the new baby and things like that. So they find that out, which doesn't seem too significant, you know. I mean, that's normal, right? When you have a long-distance family. I, I don't, so I don't know. I don't know, but I guess it would be normal to want to go home to show your parents your new human. Like, it just sounds like that would be normal. <laughs> um, so we asked him tons of questions. A month later, so a month goes by, they find, I don't mean to laugh, but they find her car at the Pig Out Palace. That's why I was laughing. The Pig Out Palace. Sounds like a place in Oklahoma that has a thousand people because nobody could think of a better name than the Pig Out Palace. <laughs> The keys are in the car, nothing, there's no evidence in it, there's nothing, 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 nothing. Eight years go by with nothing. Eight whole years go by with nothing. And Abbott Koloff just doesn't forget this case. In he goes back to it and tries to look at it again from start to finish you know he tries to interview Bo again but Bo's got a new wife and you know um, he's like a preacher now Bo is a preacher Little Bocephalus, whatever is it, Bocephalus. It sounds like a disease or something. No offense to anybody. If the, is that his, no, it's Bocephus, not Bocephalus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bo is a preacher. He's got a new wife. He talked to the detective, said he would go talk to him but then when Mr. Koloff the detective goes and calls him back his numbers changed so he's like what in the hell but in the meantime Bo's parents Kathy and Jerry get into a domestic dispute Kathy throws Jerry out. This is in 2013. I guess he... Jerry threatened Kathy with a knife and um, was put on probation, but she threw him out for that. But because of that, because of that little spat they had, Bo's father, Jerry, calls the detective and was like, I can tell you, I'm gonna tell you everything that happened. It's like, what, really? <clears throat> he didn't know if he could believe him because it just happened to be the same day that he got kicked out that he's um, saying that he's gonna tell everything. So, I mean, 
they have recorded conversations, um, and this is his account. He says that Bo and his mother went out and Bo's father, Jerry, had the baby. So Grandpa was babysitting. Grandma and Bo just had, they went out. And they like rush out that night. So this is like May 5th. And initially, Bo took Jody's car then dropped it off and then got into their car after. And Jerry said that Bo had been planning on killing her for weeks before that because all because she wanted to go home to New Jersey with the baby. Like I said, just visit, not even to live, just to visit. He didn't even want her to go to visit. I think he had a feeling that she wasn't going to come back once she left. And so he made sure that she didn't. So Jerry says that Bo put a bag over her head and smothered her to death. And then put her in the car in the back of um, Jody's car. Brought her up to the mountain. Bo's mom is helping him do all this. And she helps him drag the body into, you know, up the mountain and into the specific spot. And they get, get on their way. And that's why they left right away. They just had to get out of town. All because she just wanted to go home for a little bit with the baby. <clears throat> and the detective is like, why wait? Like, why? Just, you, you're telling me all of this just because you got kicked out? Like, is this real? Is this true? So they issue a warrant for the DNA for Bo and his mom. And it comes back that it's a hit for both of them. So they issue arrest warrants for for Bo and for his mom. And Bo's arrested for first degree murder. And Kathy, Bo's mother, is arrested for accessory after the fact. So in the meantime, DHS which is like in Massachusetts, it's DCF. They give Annabelle to Jody's parents, actually. So they actually got temporary guardianship and, you know, went through the process of through court and all that. And they actually got full guardianship of Annabelle. I mean, so. Annabelle ended up in a good home with Joey's parents and I, I thought that was really good because I mean they get a piece of their daughter at least you know it's not ideal but they at least get to 
have a little bit of their daughter every day and so I'm glad that Annabelle ends up there now here is the part that makes me mad so they both plead not guilty at first right but then right before all this you know the trial and starts and stuff they plead no contest they plead no contest and they get a deal and the mom gets one year but gets time served so she gets released she's out okay now Bo his charge goes from first-degree murder to second-degree murder and gets five years five he gets five mother effing years for suffocating his freaking wife with a plastic bag dragging her body up to a mountain with his mama and taking his daughter's mother away from her for the rest of her life and taking her parents daughter away from them for the rest of her their lives and he gets five freaking years that makes me livid like he will literally be out soon like within two years if that was good time or whatever he'll literally be out soon he took a life like with his bare hands covered it up like justice was not served in this case I just can't with this and I just want, like, I, I wanted to do this case, and I really didn't even find out the outcome until I was done with this. And I was expecting a lot more than that. A lot more than that. What do you guys think? Do you think that five years was a good sentence for this man I wouldn't even call him a man for this POS piece of shit literally like this makes me so upset I, I mean I know I've just said it like 45 times but it's just not right um, yeah that's all I have to say about that. Just kidding, you know I have more to say. <laughs> um, 
I know I haven't put out any episodes for a week, but my life is local and I know, I know, I know, I know I said I'd put out more episodes, but I'm getting back on track. You're getting two episodes in one night from me and hopefully I need to just make a set upload schedule, which I do not have currently, but I'm new with this, so work with me here, okay? We're learning together. You're learning how to put up with me, <laughs> and I'm learning how to do all of this. I think I'm getting better, but I'm not sure. Not sure. I think so. Um... I just want to thank all of you for listening and supporting me through this journey that we're going on here at True Crime Anonymous. And, you know, just, um, I hope this one was better than the last. And now, I am going to say goodbye. Thank you.